Nathan. Hello, Trevor. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week, we need to talk about the 1998, is it? 1998 computer animated comedy film, Ants. Yes, we do. With a Z. Ants with a Z. Ants, no, sorry. Ants with a Z. With a Z. It is with a Z. Yeah, that's why there's a Z, in it? Because he's Z. I never noticed that. Yeah. He's Ant Z. Do you think that's what the title should be? Ant Z. Ant Z. Yeah, quite possibly. Maybe Probably we've been... we've been pronouncing it wrong. And, you know, if you had to describe his personality, you might say he's a bit antsy. Yeah. Yeah, is it that antsy then? Yeah, it might be antsy. Yeah, I think you're right. So, hello everyone, welcome to We Need to Talk About Movies podcast, and this week we need to talk about the 1998 American computer animated adventure comedy, Antsy. <laughs> that <just> sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Ants, it's Ants, I remember it on the trailer, <laughs> don't you? So, uh, this was your choice this week, Knife. It was. It? it was my choice, yeah. yeah. I, um, I've got to be honest with you. I do enjoy uh, digital animation. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Uh, I love the yep. Shrek films. I love the Toy Story films. Yeah. I love like all of the Pixar stuff, basically. And, um, yeah, well, just I really think it's going some amazing places. Um, yeah. And it has been for the last 20-odd years. Yeah, have, um, have you seen like the newer one, Soul? Have you seen Soul? I don't know if I've seen Soul. That was really good. That was quite strange. I've but... seen things like um, the Mitchells vs. the Machines. And, oh, that was really good, yeah. I really loved that one. That was great. And, um, uh, God, uh, there's so many of them that I've watched. I've lost track. But yeah. anyway, I enjoy them. And Ants was sort of... Right there at the beginning, wasn't it, really? This was the second ever full feature-length computer animated film. So what was the first one? Toy Story. Toy Story. Right. Toy Story is 95, so it's three years. Seems a long time in between, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah, this was three years later, and it came out the same year. This came out about three months before A Bug's Life, which was Pixar's next one, because this was DreamWorks, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't... The very Mate, first DreamWorks feature-length film. Yeah, Matey Boy was working at um, for Pixar. Didn't get promoted or get the job that he wanted or something, or working for Disney, and then didn't he end up going to DreamWorks and making Ants, which was a um, almost like he'd stole the idea but changed it just enough to avoid copyright or something, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know if that's – I've not heard that, so you tell me. Well, I'm just literally trying to regurgitate stuff up. Some, no, 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 no. There <laughs> no, was definitely, no, 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 no. was definitely something along those lines um, that happened somewhere. Yeah, um, well, that sort of thing does happen in Hollywood, doesn't it? Yeah. So. I mean, don't don't quote me on the exact details of it, but I believe it was something along those lines. I always remember liking Ants more than A Bug's Life originally yeah, when it first came me out. too uh it's a bit darker it's a bit harsher isn't it it's it's a bit more grown up and it was the very first computer animated pg film as well yep. and apparently it was the very first uh digital animation to show digitally animated water ah right ah i see did they not have water in toy story then i guess not oh yeah um, and I'm sure there's water in Bugs Life as well. So, yeah, they just pipped them to the post, didn't they? Yeah. I think, <clears throat> for, for me, Bugs Life was a bit too um, colourful and childish. Yeah, I thought the same. Um, see, I think that with a lot of Pixar films, some of them just, they get a bit benign. Yeah. Some of them are brilliant. The Toy Story films, all four of them are great. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want, Toy Story 4 to be great because I loved the first three as a trilogy I thought it was brilliant you know yeah um, and when the fourth one came out I was like oh but I, lo- I love them all 
Whereas, like, one of my favourites used to be Wally. Oh, God, yeah, Wally, yeah. I love the opening scene of Wally. It's just beautiful. But then the end half on that spaceship is just crap. Just irritating. And the same with Up. I love the opening of Up. Yeah. It's one of the most poignant beginnings of any film with the old, the story old man and his wife. Yeah. Don't get to go on their adventure together. And it, oh, it cuts you deep, doesn't it, watching that? It's heart-wrenching. It, heart it does, yeah. But then the the end of the film's just benign and stupid. And I just, it lost me. You know, I just don't, couldn't wait for it to end. Yeah. I th- Up was definitely one that I enjoyed overall. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely get what you mean. It sort of yeah. had such a strong start and it definitely sort of waned a bit towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I um actually asked our listeners about this as well. But we'll get on to that because first of all, I like to talk about we the other week we talked about midsummer yeah so i was just going to go through a couple of the comments on that and then we'll come we'll bring it back around eventually to talking about this you know how we work here nafe didn't you by now yeah yeah so uh midsummer went up the other day it was quite a popular podcast again and a few people commented alan day said i was so intrigued that i gave it a watch i've been to sweden a couple of times and we're planning to go again might steer clear of summer solstice though don't blame him. No, yeah, I would. Jay Sonic said, brilliant film, as his hereditary, same director. Yeah, I did enjoy both of them. And George Martin said, good film, a bit of a slow burner, and the ending was disappointed, but there was a nice build-up to the middle, and it was shot very well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and then I'd like to ask you a question, don't I, Nath? Yes, you do, don't you? Seen any films lately, Nath? Uh, Any this week? No, I've been busy this week, as it happens. You have? I have, yeah. Been been out on, no, you've, on my travels. Yeah, but you told me you've watched a film. Did I tell you I'd watched a film? <laughs> yeah, just before we came on air. He's telling me about it. What film? I'd like to I'd like to hear all about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You misunderstood. I didn't watch the whole film. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I watched part of a film. Okay, what was that? Uh, it was the live-action uh, Cinderella remake. Yeah, yeah. And um, how did that go? Right. Well, it it didn't. If I'm honest, I think it must have been a long time since I last heard the story, or or read the story, or watched the original. Um, interpretation of cinderella there was a lot of things in it that i didn't sort of recognize or understand right do you think a lot of artistic license to make it a slightly different story yeah i mean um just like uh how cinderella is now uh an entrepreneur (laughs) and uh she's now like it's all about her being a strong independent woman um oh yeah and sassy yeah now now she's she's trying to sell her dresses and get a little business going mm. uh and actually prince charming is kind of like a bit of a side side interest ah well i think that was the original hans christian anderson version was it, <laughs> <laughs> was it hans christian anderson or the brothers Grimm? i can't oh. remember i'm sure she was an entrepreneur in the original anyway was she um would you rate it though Nath? um out of one to ten, yeah, yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, I know. I must say, Donna was watching it when we because me and Nate had been away on a camping trip, hiking and camping in the mountains. And as I was packing my bags to go, trying to pack my my bags up, Donna and the kids was watching it in the other. Well, I say Donna and the kids. The kids were not interested. Donna was watching it on her own, and. Uh, it just irritated me just listening to it while I was packing up. My blood pressure was through the roof listening to it. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, no, no, I am. I was just oh, thinking, yeah. like, you know, because you'd shown me your, your watch, which indicated your stress levels, uh, <laughs> that you were showing me of when you were packing, and now it all makes perfect sense. It wasn't the packing at all. It was your agitation uh, at the film that Donna was watching. That, exactly, makes much, that makes much more sense. Exactly the type of film I hate. And, uh, yeah, when halfway through, Donna's like, oh, it's tea time. And 
we only had like crackers and cheese because we'd had quite a big meal that dinner time and um she put them all in the front room and i went in there long enough to see james Gordon being a cunt again <laughs> you you really uh really are not a fan of that man are you oh my god he irritates the hell out of me yeah just overreacting overacting all the fucking time yeah I just, oh, no no i didn't like it what i saw of it and what i heard of it when they do these like moulin rouge style revamps of modern classics you know oh, ir- irritating but anyway i've watched something better than that oh have you I, yeah on, i watched me and donna the other night we watched parasite which I've seen it at the cinema when it first came out. Right, yes. Which was the uh, South Korean film, um, which won the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, 2019, was it, I think? Or 2020 Oscar. Anyway, it won the Oscar for best film. Uh, just a great film, Nathan. I was watching it, and Donna's like, you and Nathan need to do this. And I said, yeah, one day we'll do it. One day we'll do it. I don't know, have you seen or heard much about it? I haven't, Trevor, if I'm honest. But I um, no. you have mentioned it a couple of times uh, and sort of given me a brief overview of the plot. And I think I would sort of quite like to watch it. I think it's definitely my yeah, sort Yeah, of- it's not... It's like a film of two halves, really. And the start comes on and you sort of... Once you see where it's going, you're like, oh, yeah, I see it. But then halfway through, it changes again. Something happens and it's like, all of a sudden, it's not so fun anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, it's quite... Yeah, I've, I really like it. Really interesting. And not about a virus or an actual parasitic parasite at all, you know, but I think the term parasite is just because they are feeding from a host. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, good. I liked it. So maybe one day we get to do that, Nafe. Good. Look forward to it. Yeah. Um, But then... Yeah, then I, so getting back now, we're going to be talking about ants any minute now, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm arcing it back round. I started to ask people on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash we need to talk about movies podcast. I said, so what's everyone's favorite CGI animation films? Um, I think people mis- misunderstood. <laughs> Did they select films that weren't CGI? Uh, Rob Jones says, does Ready Player One count? Or Tron. Uh, right. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> and then he said, the effects in Ghost in the Shell were much better than the story, plot and script. And also have Alita Battle Angel on the list to watch. Yeah. So I said, well, I was thinking more along the lines of Pixar and DreamWorks animation. But some good choices there, Rob. Uh, and then he said, no, I reckon they count. The CGI is important to the story and not just the medium chosen to tell the story. Which, no. <laughs> I was on about specifically animation, wall-to-wall animation, but it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know. Have you, have you sort of sent him a strongly worded reply informing him that he was wrong? No, I, I, <laughs> I wrote one out, but for some reason my Facebook page wasn't letting me reply to people's comments. I'd been banned from replying to my own <laughs> Facebook comments what? for some reason. I don't know. This morning it was just said I was banned from replying to comments. This morning, strange. But you mentioned that Elite of Battle Angel the other week, Nate. You said you see yes. that. We, we watched that with the kids. Oh, my God. Don't watch it with children. <laughs> no. God, don't watch it with children. Jesus. It was on the Disney thing, and we were like, oh, that looks good. Oh, my God. It's awful. It's gruesome. <laughs> Isn't it? It is a bit gruesome, yeah. But she punches that bloke's eye into his eye and pulls out his head or something. Oof. Oh, my God. There's some real rough stuff. And then, like, the woman who helps him at the end, and then she ends up, like, all her organs and her eye and her brains have been taken out and put in a box. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> but uh, Rob does eventually get the idea, and he says, uh, in terms of Pixar, Wally is a masterpiece. Right, okay. So, as we said earlier, yeah, I, I used to love the opening of Wally is a masterpiece. The most beautiful thing. Just him on his own. I could have just watched a whole film of him on that planet on his own before it gets into this stupid sort of fat people on the spaceship. But there you go. Uh, Becky Becca Gulliver says, anything by Pixar except, you'll like this, Nafe, cars. <laughs> oh, God. Because you don't like cars either, do you? 
It's not that I don't. No, like you said cars. you don't like cars. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I think, sort of like when it's animals and creatures and people that are animated, I kind of get it. But when it's a static object, um, like a car, well, not not necessarily static, but when it's an inanimate object that doesn't have um, thoughts or feelings, such as a car, and they're animated. I, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the one specific scene where, um, Lightning McQueen and the Porsche, uh, sort of flirting with each other. <laughs> I just makes me feel really awkward. If I'm honest, <laughs> I didn't like it. Make it stop. Um, See, I don't like it. I, it what cars is one of my favorite Pixar films. I love it. Right. I love the story. I love the characters. I just think it's great. And I love what John Lasseter was like a massive sort of motorhead and he wanted to do this, you know, it's his personal project. Yeah. And uh, some of the, the race scenes are just great. Yeah, yeah. But Cars 2, I oh, really didn't like. Really didn't like Cars 2. Just I haven't seen cashing in for Cashing in for a game and it sort of like made a spy sort of story out of it. And yeah, not interested in that. Um, Bjork Glasson says... She's sort of misunderstood again here. Right, yeah. <laughs> Titanic and Avatar. Yeah. But I, I get where these people, you know, they are, they've got good CGI in, but I'm on about I think you, CGI. I think you shouldn't have uh, used the term CGI. CGI. Yeah, that's where it's gone wrong, isn't it? I should have just put computer-generated animation movies. Yeah, i.e. Pixar, DreamWorks, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But then she says, but I have to admit to being childish enough to really enjoy Shark Tale. Oh, God. That's a, Martin Scorsese's in that one, is isn't he? It? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that for a long time. It's Will Smith, isn't it? Is it? Hmm. And then Kieran Kinsella says, Monster House, charming story and atmospheric visuals. That is a good one, actually. Have you seen that? I don't know if I've seen Monster House. Yeah, that's a really good one. Monsters versus Aliens. Yes. That was a brilliant one. Uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. That's a really funny one. What's the one about... Um, oh, my God. I can't remember now. Um, it's set in Paris, and there's a, an ant or, or tick or something that... Oh. Um, a, mo- a monster in Paris. Oh, yeah. It didn't stand out to me. I think we've watched it with the kids, but... I, I quite enjoyed it. And then, um, yeah, oh, there's so many of them. I, I, I enjoy them all. I enjoy more, some more than others. Uh, a lot of them get sort of samey. And watching this again, Ants, to be honest, I was a bit like, yeah, this sort of laid the groundworks for a lot of films to come, almost borrow the story scene by scene. Do you know what I mean? Right. So there's a, it lays a formula, this one, that, you sort of see again and again. And I found it harder to watch this time. It was good. It was interesting to watch. Yeah. But. So, I mean, do you want to give it a mark out of 10 and then call it a day? <laughs> no, no. Ants. So let's get on to ants. So, Nath, go on. You, your your choice for this. Where did you first watch ants? Can you remember first watching Did you watch it at the cinema? Uh, no, I first watched ants um, when it came out on DVD. I was Probably, I'm guessing this would have been, I was the year I finished school. So uh, I would have been, I probably watched it over the summer before I joined the army. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed the sort of more adult theme of the the plot. And one of the things that really always stood out for me was the harrowing sort of, because this would have been a similar time to uh, Starship Troopers, wasn't it? It probably was, yeah. And yeah. Um, hang on, when did Starship Troopers come out? 97, yeah, so the year before. Right, yeah. So, the scene where the ants go and attack the termites. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing I like it, I like about it, or that stood out to me. Because I was, you know, I was joining the army at the time as well. And there was the sort of the military element of the ants, you know, how they're so organized and, you know, troops that are loyal to the queen and the whole military coup kind of thing sort of going on in the background. And I just, yeah, just anything like that at the time really sort of sunk in with me. And seeing we hadn't really got to the point where there were 
epic um, CGI movies with huge battle scenes with huge forces on each side. So seeing the vast number of ants and termites in the in mm. the battle scene was really really cool. I loved it. Yeah, because there's there's sixty thousand ants in one shot apparently. Christ, all individually animated. So yeah, so this predates um, Lord of the Rings or anything yeah. like that, doesn't yeah. it? You the know, Star Wars films. Was- yeah, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just oh, it just blew my mind when you watch it, and I just thought, you know what? It's uh, it really sort of. Stuck out to me with the mm. adult theme of the sort of the whole plot. I love the idea of Z being sort of lost in the colony and feeling like he doesn't fit in and sort of wanting wanting more from it because you know it, it's sixteen. You're still sort of full of wonder about what the world's going to have in yeah. store for you, aren't yeah. you? And sort of be a good time now to talk about the the cast, I suppose, then because Z is played a massive cast, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Really massive. Z was Woody Allen. Yep. You got Sylvester Stallone in there as his soldier mate, Weaver. Yeah. Princess Barla, Sharon Stone. General Mandible, who is uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, brilliant. You got Jennifer Lopez. You got Danny Glover in there. Christopher Walken as Colonel Cutter. Yeah, he is. And Bancroft as the Queen. Yeah. Christopher Walken was definitely like one of my favorite characters, Cutter. I thought he was brilliant. He just, yeah. he was to me, out of all of them, he is the one whose voice suited his character the best, for sure. Hey, I, I, I think Woody Allen was great casting. Yeah. And I love the way it starts, it opens up with him on the psychiatrist's couch. I just think that's great. Which actually, the scene that was the first scene that they created. Yeah. And that from this scene, that was going to be how they sort of got the character right for the rest of the film. But the scene was originally meant to come in after the opening scene was going to be shot of the, the, the ant city. Yeah. And then you're going to see him having his day. And then before he goes to the bar. Yeah. Then you was going to see him in the psychiatrist's office. Right. So it's going to come in between those scenes. Yeah. But they made the decision last thing to put it at the beginning. I think it works so well meeting the ant with all his Woody Allen neuroses, first of all, yeah. before you get into the story. I think it was a great, great decision and works really well, doesn't it? I love as well the, the concept of sort of in, in our world, like you go to see a psychiatrist and they'd probably try to teach you that you're you know, you are different, you are unique and all of the things that make you different and unique are wonderful. But in, in this, it's like the complete opposite. They're just trying to drill into you that you're sort of really insignificant as an individual. And Yeah, and it's like he says he's insignificant. They're like, great, you've made real progress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the line. He says, I'm, I'm a middle child, you know, I was the middle child of five million. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel quite insignificant. But it is a typical Woody Allen character. It's just brilliant. And even like, you know, Woody Allen films mostly set at New York. And at the very beginning, you see the New York skyline silhouetted. And then the sun comes up and it's leaves, it's grass. I just thought that was great. And then it pans down to the psychiatrist office. But yeah, so it's, um, you know, it sets off. Well, if you meet you meet Woody Allen, and then he goes back to work, and he meets um, Azteca, his friend that he works with, and he's sort of digging away, and he's sort of joking about sort of trying to be happy about being insignificant and sort of stuck in this sort of role that he doesn't really particularly enjoy, and yeah. uh, sort of then he uh, he heads off to the bar where he meets his friend Weaver, doesn't he? After he's um, they've all created a ball. They have a ball, didn't they? Oh, yeah, demolition. And he's holding the whole weight of the yeah the whole ball. I mean, that's what I love about ants. I remember watching like David Attenborough documentaries, and they needed to get across a river. Yeah, and they basically this river was like twelve foot. Yeah, and there's that many of them. They just climb on each other's back until they've made a bridge all the way over this river. Yeah, and then they, the ones from the back start climbing forward. And they all get—it's just amazing. Ants are one of the most amazing creatures on the planet. 
just uh, just astounding. Yeah, and like this, the joke in the this in the bar where they're drinking aphid beer, aphid beers, and it? it's like call me crazy, but I have a a real thing against uh, drinking from the anus of another creature. <laughs> <laughs> which in the trailer was they changed it for caboose yeah yeah if you yeah. remember that but this was one of my most amazing facts about an ant about ants is that they have been farming for thousands of years before we started farming ants were farming there's a a, a type of ant and if anything ever lands on its tree yeah a bird or a squirrel or anything within seconds they've covered it and they devour it yeah but there's this slug that excretes like this sugary substance from its back end. And they've worked out that that sugary substance is more nutritious for them than eating the slug itself. Right. So they farm them and they use their larvae to sew together leaves like little sheds all up these branches. Right, yeah. And then they put these slugs in this branch and they just feed them and then just... The, they excrete this sugary substance and they're just farming it out the back end of them. That's crazy, isn't it? And that's, Yeah, and they've been doing that for, well, God knows how long, you know? So that's where this aphid beer line comes from. And I just uh, just remember watching that on old uh, David Attenborough. Yeah. Amazing stuff. That's inc- You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to buy myself an ant farm. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Should we do that? Get one. Get the. We need to talk about movies, podcast, ant farm, and we can up have it live streaming on the on the Facebook page. <laughs> oh, mate, these things look pretty cool. Are you googling ant farms? <laughs> Sorry, is that is that not what I'm supposed to be doing right now? But yeah, that is a, just one of the things I always that's always stuck in my head. It's one of my favourite nature facts. That yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So Woody Allen is Z, and he's a, a a digging ant. Is he a mining ant sort of thing? Yeah, work, and Sylvester Stallone, worker ant, Weaver he? is one of the army ants, isn't he? Yeah. And after a chance encounter with Princess Barla at the bar, Woody Allen or Z convinces Stallone Weaver to swap places with him when he hears that there's going to be like a parade. Sort of the the troops are all going to meet the the queen. So he's like, oh, I couldn't go and see the princess again. I'll swap place with you and become, join the army for a day. Yeah. Um, doesn't go right, does it? But at this point, I'd just like to say a bit about the animation because, you know, this is only the second film. So obviously the animation has dated somewhat. But some of it still looks amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. I Like you say that, when you see the ants, like the brawl looks quite good. Yeah. But when you're close up to them, watching them speak, that's where it's, that's where it's, it's least impressive, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I still don't think it's sort of lost anything. I really, you know, all right, it's not as sharp as it is today, but it's still incredible what it is. And you still, it's not like, um, it's not like it's bad. No, I think, though, there's f- films like this, like the early Toy Stories and stuff, I think there's room for them to go back and just sort of upgrade them. Yeah. Digitally. Yeah, yeah. You know? And this as well. And just polish it and make it look like how it could, you know, it's full potential. Sort of like George Lucas did with the Star Wars films, but without completely fucking it up. <laughs> oh. No, no, I, I think that's totally possible. But that's, that's the thing. It just needs a little bit of a freshen up. It doesn't need completely redoing, does it? No, it doesn't need an overhaul. No. Just, I mean, because it looks amazing. And like you were saying about the water, the water looks great. And the shot where he's on the boat riding off into the sunset was just stunning. One of my favourite yeah, shots yeah. in it. Or when you first get a wider view of Insectopia, you know, the colours yeah. and the detail and everything. And that's the, the brilliant thing about, I think, always about animation is everything that you see on the screen. When it's a complete full animation like Ants, um, everything yeah. you see on the screen is a choice. Someone has made that decision to put it there. It's not like you're, oh, well, let's go and film the back streets of 
wherever for some b-roll no. just you know whatever happens to be happens to be it's like you just have to create this entire world from scratch and that's what mesmerizes me about these things that's what, i think that's why i love animation so much you know yeah and when you look at all of the little details that they choose to put in and it's not just what they're choosing to put in it's they can choose whatever angle and shot they want they have complete free artistic license with it as well you know and i think once you with CGI, I think it's you build everything in 3D and you can sort of move that camera freely. It's not like you're moving when you're animating on yeah. pen and paper, you've got to visualize where yeah. that camera goes. Yeah. You know, if you're moving the camera, you've got to think, right, well, this character's moving. Whereas on a film like this, you're building a 3D and then your camera can go as big or small or, you know, or move however you want. I love that idea. Uh, I used to play a game called The Movies. Yes, I remember. On yeah. the PC. And you could do that on there. You sort of make sets of films, but you could put the camera. Oh, I loved it, Nate. It was like filmmaking at the same time. And I was getting these really cool shots and you make these short little films brilliant as well like you know the uses through camera position within the film that give you the sense of scale as well are brilliant yeah they really sort of drive home how small the ants are and sort of when when you're getting the wider shots at the end where you realize that the the bird bath and the the trash can and that that is Insectopia are really like they're just a few feet Next away from each, each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just a few feet away from the sort of the ant hill in the first place. And it's just yeah. like, what? This is crazy. Yeah, I love good. the the humour all the way through. Like I love it when they meet the the two bees at the uh at the picnic. Uh, one of them is Dan Aykroyd, isn't he? The wasp. One yeah, the chip. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Jane Curtin, isn't it? Is muffy. Oh out of um Third Rock from the Sun. Right. Mary Albright. Yeah. From Third Rock from the Sun, isn't she? Yeah, and it's pretty harrowing as well because they're like so in love, these two wasps. It's a strange... When you see a wasp first speaking to the ant, you don't think they're going to be nice to you. No. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, wasps. But then these two wasps so in love and then just straight away, Muffy is flattened. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful, isn't it? And like the the war scene, going back to the war scene, you're saying it's like um, starship troopers with these termites. Yeah. So I thought there was going to be more of that. Yeah. But I was like, do they come back again? Are they going to attack again? But you know, Danny Glover's character is Barbatus, looking out for Z in the war. Yeah. And then Z walking back through the um, war zone, you know, after the war, and just finds Barbatus's head. And it's just, oh my God, he's holding his head in his arms, just his head. Yeah. And he's like, oh, guys, yeah, not a kid's film, is it? <laughs> no, no, this is it, you know? And uh, I was chatting to my friend about it and she was like, oh, I might have to put that on for the kids. I was like, nah, nah, put on Bugs Life for the kids. <laughs> They'd probably like that more. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, you're seeing ants getting, like the termites are spitting acid from their heads and, the, you know, you're seeing ants just, just getting yeah, melted and annihilated. Oh, and then yeah. you're seeing ants just getting lit up by the uh, magnifying glass as well. Yeah. Just combusting and, yeah, it's pretty, this, pretty horrendous to be an ant, isn't it? <laughs> there are some really violent parts in this film, aren't there? Mm. I love that scene as well. Oh, my God, when they're sitting by the fire at Insectopia. Yeah. And there's those three other bugs and they're like, oh, man, this tastes like crap. Oh, really? Let me try Oh, yeah, that is crap. That's some good crap or whatever. I just, just, oh, it's just brilliant. And they're talking like, whoa, what if we're like really small and there's like a, a whole other world out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like spaced out waster talk. Like they're all yeah. stoned around a campfire. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, there's a real sort of political undertones with everything that's going on with this fascist regime that Gene Hackman is trying to sort of engineer, isn't it? Yeah. That sort of really sort of speak to you as well. It's, 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 I think there's loads of layers to this film, which are what make it so interesting and so enjoyable to me. Like, you know? Yeah, there is. It's not gone down the sort of inane, like Bugs Life is very, 
very kiddie, isn't it? And they meet all the circus animals. Isn't the the story of the Bugs Life is basically the Three Amigos, isn't it? Yeah, sounds about right. Don't they like go and call upon these circus animals? He thinks they're like heroes or something. Oh, I can't remember. He thinks, and he calls them in to save his colony or something something like isn't it something like that yeah and they're not they're performers aren't they then it's basically the plot of the three amigos i think right <laughs> but i was very surprised to look on imdb and see that ants has only got a 6.5 and uh bugs life i think it was like 7.8 yeah but i think it's just over time you know kids today I don't think it's sitting with them and they're not growing up with it, are they? Do you know what I mean? Whereas Bugs Life is probably one that still gets put on right. for the younger kids and they're growing up with it. Yeah, yeah. Ants just sort of getting lost by the wayside a bit, I think. If you didn't watch it at the time, I think you're sort of comparing it probably to Bugs Life and going, nah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but it's just exactly what I was saying when I was talking about my friend. Like, you know, if I was given the option between the two films to recommend which one to put on for kids, I'd, I'd definitely say put Bugs Life on for your kids, like, you know, yeah. which, yeah, is a shame, but it definitely uh, makes your point entirely, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's, I think it's definitely worth, worth a revisit for the older audience, for the older generation, you know? Yeah, it was, it was interesting watching it again. Um, and like I said, I just love that Woody Allen sort of, his character is a great central character for it. Yeah. Do you watch many Woody Allen films? You've seen many Woody Allen films? I haven't, mate, if I'm honest. I don't know much about the bloke. Uh, um, some of them are good. So they're very samey. Right. He always plays the same character. He's always really neurotic, and he's always got a really young girlfriend in tow. And it's, it's kind of creepy watching it, you know? Right, good. Um... Some of it, I prefer is like earlier comedies. Have you ever seen um, Take the Money and Run? Did I ever watch that with you? Not sure. No, I don't think so. shared a flat. That's just brilliant. There's just some completely off the, I think that was his first film, but it's completely off the wall. Um, But yeah, I've watched a few of his films. Mighty Aphrodite was half decent. Hannah and Her Sisters was quite a good one but yeah he, he often plays the same sort of character and as he gets older yeah the girls he's sort of chasing get younger it gets weirder because he's got that whole history as well hasn't he with his was it with his stepdaughter or something he had relationship with his stepdaughter or something weird like that wasn't there so yeah i did uh read something about that or something came up in one of the other reviews for this that i was watching which um, does cast a bit of a shadow over him. Yeah, but um, but for this, yeah, his character it, it is perfect. Woody Allen. I only just mm. realised as well that uh, the Queen's voice was Anne Bancroft out of uh, Bancroft. Yeah, out of the Graduate. The Graduate. Yeah. They say that a lot of these characters in this film, yeah, were quite thin on the paper. And it wasn't until the actors come in and started doing the voices yeah. that they was like, oh, shit, this is really good. We need to do more. Christopher Walken's character grew a lot from his own... Interpretation. Like. Yeah, from how he was... And then they was writing extra bits for him. Um, Sharon Stone as Princess Barla completely changed the character of the princess as was found in the script. Right. In the script, she was a real sort of a spoiled brat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, real sort of prima donna, which I think you know it wouldn't wouldn't have had the same effect, would it? You wouldn't have wanted anyone to fall in love with her, would you? So much, no, no, Do you know no. What I mean? This is it. And I think having a, a, a bit, having her a bit more relatable, even though not sexy at all, I don't find ants in the slightest bit sexy. No, not even if they're played by Anne Bancroft. Yeah, even if their forex is made to look like a a bosom, a bosom. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me, Nath, at all. No, not even if they're played by Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it would have had the same appeal if she was a, a, a sort of a bitch character. No. No, that's a fair point. I think um, i got to be honest, and it does pain me to say it, but I think the weakest acting performance of all of them 
as a as an animated character has to be Sylvester Stallone. Well, even some of the animation on that, like the scene where one of the ants goes to punch Z, yeah, and then Sylvester Stallone's just there, you know, his character's yeah. there. That was a real dodgy shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? That was like, oh, that didn't look. That looked a bit patchy. And there's this one part towards the end, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but it sounds like he says "baby doll." And it sounds like a really incomplete vocal that they've worked in somehow. And it just like, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We need Weaver to say something. We we must have something left on tape that we haven't used. Baby doll. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. That'll work. And it's like, it feels like a completely inappropriate response to what was just said. Right. But, yeah. Uh, See, I, I didn't like the scene where they all dance as well. Right. I don't know. It just it, do do, do ants dance? Well, they, do uh, ants six do o'clock ants, every night? Do ants go to a bar and drink aphid juice, aphid beers? Well, I suppose it was just it's, they needed to have a dance. Yes, yeah, the plot driver that he could it? break out of. Yeah, I th- I think the part of the storyline is is kind of lost anyway because um, when you come to the end of his character arc. Nothing's absolutely nothing's changed for Z at all, you know. For, <laughs> well, he says that, doesn't he? Yeah, for all of his uniqueness and wanting to ba- break out and feeling different to everyone, he's sort of uh, he goes straight back into colony life. But he's he's elevated himself. But he chose to. Yeah, but he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's elevated saying, himself <laughs> by marrying a princess. Yeah, and all the way through the film, it's displayed that sort of. Uh, you know, high-ranking military officers and uh, royals don't have to conform to the worker, uh, soldier lifestyle. You know, they get they get to have a bit more freedom with their life. So he's through wanting to change everything. He's sort of changed life entirely for himself and left everyone pretty much the same. So now he's raising his own colony with Princess Bala. And uh, they're having their very own worker, soldier, worker, soldier colony. It would be nice to know at the end of it that they decided to have a bit more freedom of choice within their colony, but who knows? Yeah. It reminds me as well very much of B-Movie. Have you seen B-Movie? I haven't seen it, no. See, I really like that one. That's one of my favourites as well. Isn't it Jerry Seinfeld wrote that? Maybe. And he does the voice. But it starts off very much the same. He's a bee who doesn't want to be a bee, you know? Right. And he's put into certain roles, and he doesn't want that role. And he breaks out, and he he sort of befriends a human, finds out that humans are stealing the bee's honey and selling it. Yeah. So then he sues the humans. Goes, to, it's brilliant. It's It's a great film. Um... Really quirky, but yeah, very much like I was saying earlier about the formula of these films. This sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of this sort of film. Yeah. And watching it again now, I sort of lost interest once the plot took over from the characters. Right. I sort of lost interest because it's like, ah, you're going through the motions now just to have the action scenes. And you know, I get lost in that sort of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, whereas I think B story, a B movie, takes it in a different direction, and that was quite fresh watching B movie after these series of animated films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once when Ants first came out, yeah, it was one of my favourites. I did really like it. But you're saying not so much now? No, not so much. Yeah, I think I've seen these films. I. There's not so many that I can enjoy again and again of these animated films. Once action, so oh, we got to do this now, and these, you know, just prevent destruction and that sort of thing. To me, just I'm not on the edge of my seat. I can't. I don't know why it is. I can't be on the edge of my seat when I know everything's going to be all right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even though there was a lot of sort of the film was dark at the beginning. It, towards the end, you don't feel the jeopardy. No. You know? You don't think any of them are going to end up 
like any of the main characters are going to end up dying. No. For the end sequence, it's like when I watch any sort of action film, the end act is like a big action fight. Yeah. I'm always like, yeah, lost me now. And I'm not, I'm not interested. Yeah. And that was, this was a bit like that, but yeah, just comparing it to B story. I just quite like the way that it's the end. Isn't a big action fight scene. You know, it's, it's a completely different story, and I just like that. You, I think you should watch B movie, uh, Nafe. I think you'd like it. Right. Okay. I think you'd like it. It's quite good fun, and uh, it's got the bloke who does the voice of what the neighbour in um, Family Guy, Joe in the wheelchair. Right. Yes. He does the voice of the the husband or the boyfriend of the woman that the bee befriends, and he's jealous of this bee. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Great. Oh, well, there you go. There's one one to put on the watch list then. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. So this is our second... I was thinking, oh, we ain't done an animation film yet, but we have, haven't we? The last animation you suggested as well, didn't you? Oh, did I? Which one was that? Uh, uh, the Isle of Dogs. Oh, right. Yes, yes, I did, yeah. Hmm. Oh, get on. Yeah, that was a uh, very different style of animation. It was, yeah. yeah. A brilliant style of animation. In actual fact, yeah, I really... Like uh, the Isle of Dogs was just fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I prefer the Isle of Dogs to ants. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I, I don't have an awful lot else to say about this one, Naif. No, no. I, you know, I watched it, and when I watched it and finished it, I was just like, ah, you know what? I feel like I'd almost wasted a choice. Not because it's a bad film, but it's. It's not. It's not something that I get really excited about. I thought I was going to get really excited about it. I was really yeah, excited when I made yeah. the choice. When you I suggested like, it, I thought, "Oh yeah, I love dance." Yeah, but um, I mean, it's it's gritty, and I liked it for being gritty. Yeah, and I liked it for not pandering to kids. But outside of that, it's sort of uh, yeah. I think it's a, the most average film that we've watched so far. <laughs> It's an average film, yeah. Um, and I was thinking that uh, what we were saying earlier, though, about like action in the films. Some of my, you know, the kids love The Incredibles. Yes, yeah. Whereas that is just the whole end half of that film. I just bored. Right, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Incredibles one and two. One of my favourite uh, of the sort of computer generated movies and it's it is the peanuts movie yeah yes and i love it because it is exactly charlie brown there's no far-fetched plot there's no adventure they've got to go on you know yeah it's just an hour and a half of charlie brown and snoopy done in a really pleasant to watch computer generated animation yeah i love it what about the Lego movie? Yeah, the Lego movie was good. I loved the Lego movie. I thought it was yeah. absolutely brilliant. And I still watch that now and go, are they actually animating real Lego? How are they doing Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy, isn't <laughs> You know it? they haven't, but you just question it all the time. Don't you? You're like, yeah. it is real Lego, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. And I love the Lego Batman movie as well. Absolutely love that. Yeah. I've watched that times. But even the Lego Ninjago, because Cohen watches all the Ninjago. Yeah. So we knew all the characters in that. And then we went to watch the Lego Ninjago. And it's just completely detached from the Ninjago series. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, that was really good as well. The Lego films, yeah, good. The Lego movie, the very the actual the Lego movie with Everything is Awesome. Oh, my God. Just it blew me away. I watched it so many times when it first came out. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. You kind of wish you'd done that now instead of ants. <laughs> no, there's probably a lot more to get our teeth into in that. There is because yeah, it just but... that goes across. You know, it features everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. But I think sort of, you know, ants is a uh, it is an important digital animated film. Yeah, you know. and it paved the way, didn't it? I mean, that's what I was going to talk about as well. DreamWorks, you know, it was, a, it was created by Spielberg, wasn't it? Right. Um, 
wasn't him and was it Jerry Katzenberg? Hang on, let me look it up. Yeah, it was a part of Amblin Productions, which was Spielberg's company. And it was Steven Spielberg, Jerry Katzenberg, who's a, a film producer and used to work at Disney, I think. So that might be where you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left Disney. Yeah, that might be that. And David Geffen, who was also a film producer, produced. I think he produced American Wolf in London was one of the films. I always recognise his name. But he, uh, they went on and, yeah, they built DreamWorks Studios to help with Spielberg with his special effects and that. It was, you know. But, yeah, so Ants, um, you know, exceptionally average. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Trev, I feel like I kind of wasted a choice there. It's all right. A choice is a choice. We've still got to talk about it. It was but... <laughs> bound to happen sooner or later, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and we can't just have all these films that we love and that, you know, we can't stop gushing over. It's good to have one that was sort of like go, meh. Yeah. <laughs> but as, like I said, when you suggested it, I thought, oh, that'll be good. But yeah, as I watched it, I was like, yeah, not as good as. I remembered yeah. not as much to say about it. It finished and I was like, oh, this is going to be a dull podcast. <laughs> I even watched the special features and I was like, I'm not even getting a lot from here, you know? Yeah, <laughs> not not much to talk about. No, but... Well, oh well, Nave, it was a film. Next week, then, ladies and gentlemen, it will be one of your choices um so yeah we'd love to have more choices from you so please do email us at wnmovietalk at gmail.com with your film suggestions tell us why you think we should watch a film what the title of that film is why you like that film and how you would like us to watch it i.e with our eyes or with our anus So, yeah, that was Ants. Well, thank you, Nath, for suggesting that. Yeah, well, thanks for um, watching it and uh, sharing your thoughts on it with me, Trev, as, as limited as both of our input may be. Yeah, well, you never know. It might end up being like our most popular episode yet. You don't know. Uh, wouldn't, Things... wouldn't that be fucking awkward? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. But, yep. So, thank you ever so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you all again next week for another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. Thanks ever so much, and chase! Chase! Chase!